takes some real victory to be able to sing when you don't think you got a lot to sing about. And there was a lot of trouble going on, a lot of difficulty. <clears throat> but a real believer is able to look at something that other folks just do not see. I'm grateful that we're that type of people tonight. <clears throat> that we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Trust you're doing well by the grace of God. I'm just fighting the devil. I'm just winning. Come on now, don't drop him hands. I'm just winning. Amen. God bless you. Luke chapter 21, verse 7. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, we are so, so grateful for all the things that the Lord is doing. You seem like, um, you know, every day you hear more requests and more things that we need to pray about, more people that you add on your prayer list, but <clears throat> let's not just focus on that side because there's some great things that's happening at the same time. Amen. That's right. I read it just this week where Brother Bram talking about Abraham and Sarah, and he said whenever they first got married, that God could have um, taken them whenever they were really, really young, and she was barren, of course, then, and God could have given them their son at that early age. He said, how much more they could have had time to enjoy? How many more years they've been able to have him in their home? But God waited all of those years because he was working on a miracle. So he's doing things in such a way that would make the miracle even greater. Now, if a person had a sickness or a disease tonight and they come up and they knew that they had a lump or something like that, and maybe their husband didn't even know it, <clears throat> but yet they knew it, God healed them, we'd rejoice in that, wouldn't we? We'd thank God for it. But can you imagine when they tell their husband, they tell their children, they go to the doctor, it's on this scan, that scan, that scan, and another scan. And then all of a sudden they go back for another scan and it's not there anymore. And then it's not just you testifying or your husband, but it's this doctor, that doctor, this specialist, that specialist, and another specialist. We don't even know what happened. Now you see sometimes when God delays, that's exactly what He's doing. He's covering more bases. So don't be impatient. Just give Him time. He's working on your behalf. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 21, verse 7. I know that looking at prophetic things sometimes can be, um, um, how can I say it, troubling to one degree. It brings an element of um, fear, or can, um, scary times of what are laying ahead. But yet, <clears throat> at the same time, for the people of God, we know that it's the greatest hour we could ever be as believers. That we could ever live on the earth. So it takes both of these times in such extreme darkness and trouble to separate darkness from light. And it's what Brother Branham called junctions of time. And he said he'd went through the Bible and read it several times. And he said he had found that there was seven Seven junctions of time. When God had done or was fixing to do great major things. And it always gets so dark and so terrible. And then when it does, at the junction, 
is when the light will come. So we want to keep our eyes now in that direction as we're reading the scriptures tonight. Again, we go back to the Lord Jesus on the Mount Olives or Olivet Discourse, it's called. <clears throat> and the disciples are asking him, um, trying to find the timeline to fulfill some of these things that he's told them. And they ask him, saying, Master, but when? Now you see, there's something curious about us humans. When we go to hearing things, we want to know when, how, and why, and how come, and all of that. You see, they were, they were just like us. And they ask him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what, shall, what sign shall there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived okay so whenever we get ready to come to this junction we will have to watch like never before because deceitful people will be going about with very deceitful words there will even be deceitful feelings that you can feel and them feelings will deceive you now listen, take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name. Now they will not come in the name of the devil and saying, I am Lucifer, I am Octumus, or I am some demon from somewhere. No, but they will say, I am anointed, I have the Holy Ghost, I am sent from God. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, or Christos, the anointed one. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. So there'll be wars, rumors of wars, commotions, People saying they're sin of God, saying they're anointed to do this and that and the other. But when you see them, don't be terrified and don't think as soon as you see them, that's the end. Because the end is not yet. Notice this, he says, be not terrified for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. So in other words, these are the beginning of the sequence of events that will lead up. Now remember that the Antichrist actually started writing. John said they were already there. That's been 2,000 years ago. And the end was not then. So many of these things will be repetitive prophecies. They started 2,000 years ago and they would fall down and then they would almost like it would disappear. Then it would resurge again in certain time frames. Then it would fall back and then it would resurge again. But it will come to where that the last time they will resurge and when they resurge the last time, all of it will culminate in the very end. Now this is what rocks people to sleep because sometimes people might see it two or three times in their lifespan. 
And they'll say, I remember that whenever I was a boy. I remember my mama told me that that happened in her day. See, it's happened over and over again. Why, it's nothing to it. No, there's still something to it. If you'd followed closely what Jesus said, the end is not yet by and by. Now some of us in this building tonight are old enough to where we've seen some of this happen already a couple of times in our lifetime. Now watch, he says, but the end is not by and by. Verse 10. Then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these things they shall lay their hands on you, and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues, into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Now let me read to you from the junction of time. I want you to notice the date. 115, January the 15th, 1956. When all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. When all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I want you to notice the order or the sequence. Hell turns loose first. Or when the enemy comes in like a flood, which is the first move, then God will raise up a standard against him after he has already made his move. Notice, Brother Bram said, when the enemy comes in like a flood and the Spirit of God raises up a standard against it, and these two forces has always showed at the junction. These two forces have always showed at the junction. So where are they before you actually get to the junction? Well, there's rises and falls, and there will be intermittent times of peace and relaxing. But the majority of the manifestation on both sides will be at the junction when great things are fixing to transpire. How many like to be remembered tonight before the Lord as we pray? Brother Darrell had texted me before service. Uh, many of you probably know this week, him and his family has been very, very sick this week. He's feeling some better. Sister Shirley said was just so sick she couldn't even raise her head up off of the pillow this afternoon. And he wanted to know if we would uh, have a special prayer for her tonight. Would you just hold that in your heart? Others, of course, as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we have, Lord, and it is such a grand opportunity that we can be assembled together tonight in your house. Lord Jesus, we love you with all of our hearts, and we're grateful, Lord, that you've given us this chance. Again, we say, in the golden age, that we would be given this time, Father, when it is our time. We are the 
actors on the stage, as it were. The angels of both sides are watching as the theater has been set. Lord God, may we carry out our part to its complete fulfillment. We won't have time to rewind 15 or 20 years or 30 years. Lord, now we are the actors on the scene. Help us, I pray, Father, as the spectators from both sides of light and darkness watch us. May we do our part. May we reach the fulfillment. Lord God, we call Sister Cheryl Ward's name to you tonight. Father, we ask you that you'd move on behalf of our sister. You see what a difficult time they've had in their family this week. Lord, others that are suffering with various things, and we bring them before you tonight, Father, we just ask for your mercy. We pray tonight, God, that you would help us in this service. Help me, Lord, that I'll speak only those things which bring honor and glory to your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated tonight, friends. Thank you for your attendance. Thank you for your prayers. I want to speak to you tonight again on getting in the Spirit. I think it's evident from all the foundation that we laid here tonight, the people of the world are getting into some sort of spirit. Every person on the face of the earth are getting under the influence of a supernatural world. Just so happens that it's election year. And a lot of folks are getting under the spirit of politics. You know, it's really sad that a lot of Christians do that as well. They go to arguing and fussing and debating and they want to argue this man and that man. Well, I want to tell you there's rottenness on both sides. We ain't got a good man or a good woman that we could really with a good conscience vote for any of them. They're liars, devils, hypocrites, anointed by the powers of darkness, and they'll lie to you to get your vote, and then they'll act in their own evil and wickedness once they get in. Well, you might as well say amen for both sides. But yet, what can we do? We're so far in that there's actually nothing that could be done. If we had an Elijah a Jeremiah, a David, an Ezekiel, if there was righteous people in every city and every township and every community and they was crying day and night, it is so far gone there will be no turning it back now. It is so, let me say it this way, it is so determined to fulfill the counsel and the, the counsel of God is so in the cycle that there is no reversing it. There is no turning back. And may I say on the positive side for the people of God that we are so close to the fulfillment of God's Word, there is no stopping us. I believe that, don't you? 
Now, whenever we go to looking at such scriptures, and no doubt many of you have read uh, all types of different men's ideas and all types of commentaries and all types of different things. Well, this man said this about Matthew 24, and as we know, Matthew 24 and Luke 21 actually answer back and forth to each other and parallel each other. They just say it a little bit differently but they break into that realm of prophetic understanding Mark kind of condenses it and doesn't mention as much John hardly goes in this direction at all but Luke and Matthew give us enough prophetically to be able to give us the things of what God would allow us to raise our periscope from the depths of the sea of humanity and rise above all the waves of the things that are going on and look up with our eyes above the waters and above the tumults of the sea and be able to see that God's word is coming to pass in our very lifetime. Now, the Lord Jesus goes on to say in verse 33, listen how tumultuous that this will become in the last day. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Now, the Lord Jesus goes beyond the tribulation. He goes beyond the pre-tribulation, which part of Luke 21 and part of Matthew 24 fits into pre-tribulation and then actually tribulation and post-tribulation period. So they cover the span of the seven church ages also at the end when the bride is gone, 144,000. And now the Lord Jesus moves over into the very last scope of time when heavens and earth will pass away. Now this of course is not in the church ages. This is not in pre-tribulation or even in the middle of tribulation but here we come to where the power of God will so allow the judgment of God to break loose on the earth and the earth, heaven and earth shall pass away which is P-A-R-E-R-O-C-H-M-E-I something like that uh, that it will actually pass from one form into another it is not an annihilation but it is taking of something that is in one form or one matter of substance and allowing it to pass through a process and bring it out on the other side and it will have changed into a complete new thing. It is a, a similarity to metamorphosis and the earth will go through this change but what it takes to bring through this change, oh my, it is such a destruction power of God. Second uh, Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Peter frames it like this. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire. Now notice how the word will actually keep the heavens and the earth through the vials. The, the word will keep the heavens and the earth through the breaking force of the judgments of Moses and Elijah because they are not appointed to be annihilated under the administration of Moses and Elijah. They are not appointed to be annihilated under the destruction of the atomic bomb which will destroy America 
come. They are not appointed to be destroyed under the atomic bomb which will wipe out the Vatican. But notice how God can allow certain things to be destroyed and allowed other parts in the same heavens and in the same earth not to be destroyed, but kept by the word of God. Now, if God can do that in the, in the tribulation period, cannot God do that, do that now when all hell is breaking loose? When God is allowing things to fall apart, God is allowing things to come to an end, things falling everywhere all around us, well, can he keep us by the power of God? Sure he can. If he can allow Russia to drop bombs on America and make craters so deep and annihilate our, our nation and it'll totally be destroyed as we know it, yet God will not allow the nuclear fallout to encompass the world and destroy the rest of the world. Why? Because the word of God will not allow the fallout to sweep around the world and destroy the rest of the human race. Because the rest of the human race are going to be allocated in the time of the tribulation period to run right on out to the very end. Now you imagine how that science would be totally captivated when this happens and they will not be able to even understand that the nuclear fallout that would destroy America, you would think, well my, it would start around the Atlantic or the Pacific and within a matter of hours it would be in the Hawaiian Islands, it would be in the Pacific Islands, it would go east toward England and toward all, all the Europe and toward Africa how in the world will it not annihilate them because the rest of those places will be kept by the word of God you see when God dictates something there's nothing that can annihilate that dictate of God now God is going to keep the heavens and keep the earth. Now you'd think something as powerful and destructive as those bombs would be. And we know that when America dropped the, the two bombs on, on Nagasaki and Hiroshima and when they dropped the fat boy and the long boy and whenever those pilots had saw them and looked back and saw the mushroom cloud and by the remarks that they had made and then sending back the reports uh, back to America. My, it must have been totally devastating to see what happened and people as thousands of them died at one time and for 50 years or more people were still dealing with all of the fallout. And yet, whenever we look at America and see the judgment of God that awaits her, it will be way worse than it was on Japan. But God will not allow that to move beyond the boundaries. It will be controlled by what? The word of God. Notice how Peter framed this. I love this. It's beautiful. By the same word are kept in store. Now God will not allow Russia to annihilate the earth. It's forbidden. Forbidden by whom? By God. No matter how much they wanted to, to take over the rest of the world, they will not be allowed to do it. Because it is reserved unto fire. 
What kind of fire? Against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So the earth itself will not be brought to that place, but God will reserve it. Notice this in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Now notice this. The heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now here it sounds as if though that it is another nuclear type of explosion. Now remember what God allowed science to do. Even before America ever found it out, it was scientists from Europe, of course, and Einstein and some of the others that was able to break into it about dividing an atom and releasing this energy that were totally ignorant of it, but God allowed them to do so. Now God knew exactly what they would do. But you know that God was the first one to be able to create atomic power. So whenever he spoke and said, let there be light, actually the prophet said, an atom bursted. So it was the eternal was the very first one to be able to create this nuclear fission and fusion as it divided. So when the nucleus began to explode by the word of God and it released all this energy, no doubt when science looks up by all the great telescopes that they've been able to see and they keep looking back by all of this light and they see these stars and they see all of these things and they can tell that something happened you know and what they call the great bang I call the great spoken word now no doubt there was a great bang <laughs> no doubt it was a great explosion and they, they may actually have an element of truth but the, the truth that they leave out is that it was a great creator and it never just started on its own well, if it started on its own, why ain't it doing it now? Well, if a monkey, you know, could, could change up to a human being, how come monkeys now ain't doing it? Because they didn't do it in the first place. So it was God by spoken word, and when he said, let there be light, and there no doubt must have been some type of explosion. But you see, God, when God divides an atom by the spoken word, then it does not release radioactivity and divide the nucleus of the Adam to where that it causes all kinds of nuclear fallout. Now those of you that have studied the earliest scientists, whenever they actually broke into this in the laboratory and many of those early people that did it, they actually died with lung cancer and they died with all types of other things by looking at the isotopes that they broke into. They did not realize how dangerous that it really was. So even with their family members stunted their growth and various things that was going on. Now they look back and realize when they broke into that they released something and it was phenomenal it was wonderful but they released something that they didn't know how to completely control but when God released it by the spoken word there was no harm there was no danger there was nothing out of the radioactivity of God because it was God's laboratory but man broke into it and we know how it is so man comes up with this cure you know of some type of disease and then 10, 15 20 years down the road then what do they do then they go 
back and say, all right, any of you people that took this certain script, you know, from such and such and so and so, now they're proven that this certain thing caused some type of cancer in the esophagus. Or if you use this certain Roundup spray to spray your farm and your weeds, well, now they're proven that if you use this, well, probably you've got a lawsuit on your hand because more than likely now they've proved that it caused this kind of cancer, right? Well, years and years after they go through all this, then man figures it out. Well, that's the way a finite mind is. He looks back and say, uh-oh, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done that. We should not have done this or that. But you see, God does not have that type of a mind. So before God ever speaks, he knows of everything that will ever happen before he ever speaks one word. So God don't have to go back and say, uh-oh, I made a mistake. I, I didn't realize that was going to happen. I'm going to... Now let me redo this again. God has never had to have rewind on his tape player. God don't have to go back and say, oh, I made a mistake. I never thought that through. It's all the way thought through from the beginning plumb to the end. But see, God knowing what man would do, so God, even in the last days, when he will allow men to break into this realm of the bombs and what they will do, God will not allow the fallout to go around the world and destroy the world. I feel sorry for scientists because a lot of them right now are scared to death. They really don't know what to do. They look at all the global warming. They look at all the diseases. They look at all this and that and the other, and they don't know what to do. A lot of them, my goodness, if we could see the panic of the way the third dealing with and they would scare people to death but aren't you glad tonight in the time of panic you've got peace in the time of storm you know the world is in panic epidemiologists are in panic all kinds of folks don't know what to do they don't know which way to turn they're hoping for a vaccine they're hoping for this they're hoping for that I'm so glad no matter what comes we have already got a cure Praise be to God. Now, notice this, what will happen then that the Lord, by reserving the heavens and a portion of the earth, that it will not be destroyed either by the fallout of a miracle or by the fallout of Revelation 18. Because remember that the Vatican will also be destroyed, Babylon. It will be destroyed, but God will contain the fallout out by his word. So if God will not allow the world to be destroyed and contain fallout. Can you imagine the bombs that they have now compared to the ones that we dropped in 1945? And the ones in 1945 would be like firecrackers compared to what they have today. And yet God in his mighty power will reserve the heavens and he will reserve the earth. Because remember the heavens themselves are elements of explosive gases, hydrogen, oxygen, all of these things. They should catch on fire and annihilate. Why won't they? Because God will not let it happen. Why will you not go crazy like all the rest of the world is going crazy? Because God's going to keep you by the Holy Ghost. Why will I not go crazy under all the stress and all that I deal with as a mortal? I don't have super cells. I don't have super muscles. I don't have super wide shoulders. I'm, I'm a little guy really. Why, why do I go absolutely totally insane? Because I am kept by the power 
power of God. Now, Almighty God is going to keep the world in in the last days. Even though the elements of explosive devices are in the heavens themselves. The elements, all types of plutonium, all types of iron ore, all types of things the earth is made out of. So it's made out of very many combustible substances. But why will it not just absolutely catch on fire and totally annihilate? Because she is one of God's attributes. He will not allow her to be destroyed. He will not allow her to be annihilated because he loves her and her name is in the book of life. Well, praise God. Notice this. He says, then the heavens will pass with a great noise and the elements, the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works, notice the earth and the works shall, therein shall be burned up. Now, we know that Peter actually worded this just a little bit different than John. Notice in verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of of God, wherein the heavens being on fire. Now notice combustible substances that the heavens are made out of. So then by the, the fusion of splitting an atom, it should cause them to catch on fire, and it will. Can you imagine this nation that we live in, that whenever the bombs are dropped, then no doubt the heavens oh, it'll be absolutely awful. And the catastrophic event that'll happen upon the earth, when it will be visible from the skies, and and I'm sure that the satellites, if there's anybody left alive, to be able to see the pictures, it will be absolutely horrible, like nothing that has ever happened before. Remember in the seventh vision, when the prophet turns and he looks back, what does he see? Nothing but just smoldering embers and, and blowed out places that was there. And this was America. This was the most blessed nation that God ever put his hand on, on the earth. Out of her, God was able to raise up a prophet and send him around the world. Out of her God was able to send the baptism of the Holy Ghost on her west coast. Out of her God was able to send different missionaries and pastors and so on. And yet out of her also would come the rejection and the unbelief that would circle the globe and from there Satan would make his headquarters and move it from Paris and land right over on the west coast in Hollywood and from there he would bombard the rest of the world by means of television and movies and be able to pervert people's minds. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. And God, not because he's a mean, hateful, contrary God, but because God must render his justice and this nation will turn it down. Oh my, I'm so glad my friends, whenever this is happening, you and I are gonna be hid in the blessed arms of the Lord Jesus. Notice this, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Notice in the heavens being on fire. Now, the gases and all the things that are in the heavens, that when the word allows it to be thus. You understand, Satan, if he cannot get this earth, he would rather see it destroyed than fall back into the hands of the Redeemer. 
But that is totally possible. He hates it just like he hates you. God showed favor toward this one particular planet out of all the millions and millions of stars that there are in the universe. God projected his love toward this one little small speck of dust. And God has moved on this little speck of dust over and over time and time again. And Satan knows for whatever reason that God loves this planet Earth. And this is the same way that he looks at you. He can see you. When God started giving favor to you before you was ever even saved. That you should have died in a bicycle wreck or you fell off of a tree or whatever happened to you and something supernatural come down and softened your landing when you should have been dead. But something supernaturally come down when you should have been killed in a car wreck or you should have you know, stopped breathing or whatever more. But yet something supernatural and Satan and his demons took note that this little speck of dust must have had special favor in the eyes of God and he watched you at other times and he knew oh we better watch that boy we better watch that girl because the grace of God is upon the life that's before you ever got saved that's before you ever got the Holy Ghost hallelujah and God has had his eye on you praise be to God and if Satan cannot have you, then he looks at you at the same way that he looks the earth. He wants to annihilate you. If he cannot get your soul, then he will try to put everything, Mother Louis, in the world that he can, in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. He'll try to wear you down. He'll try to wear you out. He'll try to depress you. If he can't depress you, he'll oppress you. And if he can't oppress you, he'll try to make you think nobody loves you and nobody cares. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. Why? If he cannot get your soul and your sealed to the day of redemption he'll try to make you miserable he'll try to make you sick he'll try to make you with no victory in your life but I think it's time that we need to stand up on our ground and say I am a son or daughter of God all hell may come against me but all hell will not stop me I am loved I am thought of I am protected I am ordained I predestinated I am chosen I am well, hallelujah I am called I am favored in the eyes of God hallelujah so the earth is on fire around me trouble everywhere but I'm still standing and I will be till he gets done with me. What about you? Notice this in verse 34. Jesus says, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Now the word overcharged here means made heavy. Now listen to how striking this is. Made heavy with eating and drinking too much. Now this ain't talking about alcohol. 
It's just talking about getting so caught up with excessive eating and drinking. Wow. So to make the body weary and break the body down. Isn't that deep? Y'all don't think it is, but... Why should y'all get quiet on me? I mean, I go talk about eating. Excessive eating and drinking that would bring oppression to the body. Isn't that strange that the Lord Jesus would say such a thing? Indulgence in such a way that that's not intoxication at all. It's not alcoholic beverages and it's not eating things offered unto idols. But it's just eating excessive, drinking excessive. So is there anything wrong with food and drink? Well, of course not if you do it right. But isn't it amazing that people can just get so caught up, uh, can I say it this way in a modern term, in their comfort food? You see, some folks get their comfort out of going to Dollywood. That's why they go every weekend. Uh, They don't get comfort out of going to church. Others get comfort out of, you know, various things of life, whatever it is. But then others, their comfort is eating. Come on. I'll finish this back here. It might be safer. Is there anything wrong with eating? No, not unless it's excessive. Now, friends, this must be important. Y'all, y'all think... You don't think the Lord Jesus is just bumping his gums, right? You don't think he's just taking up space here. So if Jesus said this, it's important? Well, praise the Lord. Oh, my. Notice what he says here that take heed to yourselves as at any time. Your hearts be overcharged with eating too much, drinking too much, which is the surfeiting. And then he says... Drunkenness. Now this is intoxication. But keep in mind, in the Bible times, they did not have all the liquors that we have today. The only thing they had was wine. Vodka, whiskey, all that sort of stuff. No, it was not even thought of. And the devil is the one who thought of it in the first place. But the only thing they had was various flavors of wine. That's all they had to drink. But yet even with that, we know even as far back as the days of the Antiluvian destruction, and then Noah comes out on the other side of the flood, and I'm not sure if Noah was partying, if Noah just kind of got so depressed, I don't know what happened to him, but the man got drunk. So don't sit there and look at me and think, well, Brother Donnie, now, now, no, no, no Christian should never fight something like that. Well, Brother Noah would have to witness against you as far as a believer. Now, maybe drinking to some people is repulsive. They'd never go that way. But yet they would look at others and say, oh, how, how in the world can a person ever even think of such stuff like that? Well, there's lots of folks that fight that battle. Some folks, is the, their, their battle is the bottle. Others, folks, is the battle of this long thing hanging. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Amen. 
It's like a snake. A serpent in our mouths. Now somebody else's, it might be the bottle and it helps get them, but others, they get on their Facebook and that's when they let the world have it. They want to express what they think and boy, every man, woman, boy and girl becomes a preacher on Facebook. That's right. Preach, Brother Donnie. Amen, Brother Donnie. You know, I've had a lot of experience with twins in our family, and it's an amazing thing about twins, that twins will actually take on different natures at times. Say baby A will be the strong baby, and then baby B will be the suppressed one. But it's amazing to watch them sometimes at three months, six months, nine months, two, three years. They'll actually change that role. And then baby B will actually become more like baby A, and baby A will become like baby B. And they'll go back and forth. It's just amazing to watch how that works. And I'm beginning to think that this group right here has become the quiet group, and the other group has become become the loud group now. It's up to you all. Y'all can change right here tonight if you want to. Now, watch how Jesus says this, that with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, which are the anxieties of life, excessive care for the daily necessities of life. Much thinking and worrying and fretting over what we have to do to live. Boy, the old crow didn't get me and Jack Daniels and John Daniels and all the rest of them Daniels brothers. That didn't touch me. No, sir, not at all. Marijuana, Oxycontin, Codone, none of that stuff got to me. But he sure slapped me right smack in the head right there, didn't you? with the cares of life. Just getting stressed was trying to keep your head above the water of everything that there is going on in your life and the lives of your children and the lives of your grandchildren and the lives of your great-grandchildren. Any of you old folks here at the church have rocking chairs? Do What do you use them? That's what I'm wondering about. Y'all use yours? You ain't got no kids here, have you? All right. We'll see if we can find some for you. (laughs) So, you see, the Lord Jesus saw that for some it would be in a way that would be more worldly. Drinking, definitely more worldly. For others, maybe gluttony or whatever more. But for others, maybe they're not so much that. But it's just the everyday things of life. They can't even come in and sit down in church without repairing something or making tomorrow's schedule. Fixing this and fixing that. I wonder how many of my sermons that you brothers have repaired all kinds of things. Some of you brothers have went to junkyards and bought converters and bought batteries. Some of you sisters have baked pies. You fixed goat cheese bologna sandwiches you've done all kinds of things well I've been preaching and here I have been thinking all these years y'all were enjoying what I was saying and you had that big apple pie in your mind with that whoop cream right over the top of it and you was a smiling I thought boy brother Larry is so blessed tonight he was thinking about that Reese's overload 
Do one thing about that word. I mean, them sisters sitting there just a smiling like a possum. And I thought they was being so blessed. And it was that grilled cheese and tomato soup that they was thinking about after church. Now, friends, don't sit there and look at me and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Every one of us had to go through this. And if not, the Lord Jesus would have never said it. So it lets us know that we are human. We are human and we have to guard against it. Well, Brother Donnie, do you? Let me show you a paradox. You think it's something for you when you're sitting there and this is going through your mind and that's going through your mind and that's going through your mind while I'm preaching. Let me show it to you in a higher degree. It goes through my mind when I am preaching. Can you imagine me preaching 90 miles an hour and thinking and quoting scriptures and quoting quotes and things like that? Brother Larry got mad at me tonight. Our sister so-and-so, she didn't like what I had to say. I'm preaching at the same time that them thoughts is going through my mind. Oh, I hope they didn't take that wrong. Oh, I hope they didn't think that. Oh, my goodness. You say, how in the world can it happen? Don't ask me. I don't even know. It about drives you crazy. But you see what it is. It is that element. It is that natural element that the Lord Jesus knew would remain in every one of his redeemed children because it is a carnal part of us that is not yet born again. And the church said, and take heed to yourselves. That's at any time your heart should be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. So that that day, notice this is the reason why. So that that day does not come upon us unawares. In verse 35, for as a snare, which is a trap, as a trap, it shall come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Those of you that think you can only pray when you go into your prayer closet, you need to update. This is 2020. You need to pray when you're in the grocery store, especially after COVID. You need to pray when you go through Chick-fil-A, when you go through Burger King, some of you all that ain't ever prayed over your food before, you better pray now, honey. You better pray like you ain't never prayed. Praise the Lord. We need to pray without ceasing. But Brother Donnie, I don't think that's holy. Holy? So you think it's the position of your body? You think this is more holy in the eyes of God than if you're standing up? You think that makes any difference to God? The Lord Jesus sat and preached. And the Bible says he sat down and precious words went out of his mouth. But we have it in our mind and you let the devil rob you from spending a whole lot of time during the day thinking that you can't pray. Oh, I've got so many prayer requests. I've got so I can't wait to get home. Don't, don't wait till you get home. Pray for him when you're on your way from home. Amen. Pray for him when you're on your break. Pray for him. Amen. We need to pray. I got uh, something from, from one of the brothers this week at the church has been through so many things in the last little bit. And he said, I wouldn't take nothing nothing for what I've been through he said because it has helped me to pray for people like never before 
You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but I wonder how many of us are praying more than we've ever prayed. And not just for ourselves neither, but we're praying for all kinds of other people. I think it does us good when things become a little bit difficult, Brother Louis, when things become a little bit out of the ordinary and we get out of our comfort zone and it turns up the pressure a little bit. Now we get a little bit lax, don't we? Say amen. We get a little bit cold sometimes and lukewarm and the Lord knows how to turn up the pressure on us and boy, what do we do? We go to calling on the name of the Lord. And we go to reprioritizing things. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how much America has lived without baseball this whole summer? Wow, is that possible? America's favorite pastime. Is that possible that our nation has survived up to the first week of August without baseball? Well, you know, I wouldn't have no problem surviving with any, without any of that. But guess what? Some of you have, and it's your favorite thing. And if it keeps on going, I'm not sure even going to get to see football. I'm not sure you're going to be able to watch hockey and do this and that and the other. And really, in all reality, is that the most important thing? Or is it not God hearing our prayers and help us in the time of trouble? What have we done, saints? We prioritize some things. And we put some things that belong in the trunk in the trunk. Well, praise the Lord, we had them right up on the dash and right up in the front seat with us. And now we realize, you know what? I'm not so sure I even need that thing in my life anymore. I'm not so sure I even have to have that to survive. But I'm realizing how I need Jesus every day of my life. I can't even walk without him. I wouldn't want to face one day without him, would you? Let me read you a few things now. Watch how the prophet... It's amazing to me. I love these sermons he preached. Two of them entitled Shalom in 1964. First one in, in service and then, then of course the one in Phoenix. And he said, gross darkness would be upon the people, but there would be light. Rise and shine for the light has come. How can there be darkness and light? It's got to be separated. How can there be darkness and light? It's got to be separated. And the only thing that separates it, the word manifested separates. Now notice, he doesn't just say the written word. He doesn't say the Bible. And he doesn't say the word in tape form. But the word manifested. The word manifested separates. It presses it to the other side. Here's the darkness on the earth. But when the manifested word of God, the Son, which it was spoken to existence by the word, shows itself, darkness runs to the other side. And that's what's taking place. Notice now we go then from astronomy, we go now to the bride on the earth. So he takes as the sun is rising up and as we see it rising in the east and setting in the west and we see as the darkness congeals and it becomes right the very darkest right before the breaking of the day. You brothers that get out and hunt and the rest of you that if you get out that time of day and you're really observant of that time it's amazing how dark that it becomes right before that. Now that is what the prophet termed as the blackout time. 
So it is the blackout time. What it is, it's the breaking of the rays of the sun off of the moon, reflecting back to the earth. It's transitioning from the moon to the sun. And when the transition is going on, it blackens out the rays that are coming, that reflective rays from the moon and coming back on the earth. So you reach that little spot of time and it gets so dark. I walked into a tree stand uh, sometimes without even a flashlight or anything. And you get in there and you sit down and you get all your gear and all your stuff and you get up finally in there and sit down and then my, you're there, you know, an hour before daylight or something like that. And then you're, you're in there and you walked in and you're able to find it and you get set down and it will get darker right before the sun is fixing to break over the horizon. And it's because the rays from the moon are no longer there to reflect it and dispel. And it receives actually that darkness congeals together. Lord children, do you understand where we are spiritually? Don't you understand what we're feeling? Don't you understand what's going on in the world? That God is fixing to bring the Son into full manifestation and the church, the bride of Jesus Christ, is fixing to be taken off the earth? What is it? It's a transition from the moon, the administration of the moon to the administration of the sun. So the moon, the moon is fixing to lose its glory. Oh, hallelujah. The moon is fixing to lose its reflective power upon the earth and the sun is fixing to come up in full strength but right in that transition time the moon goes dark the day gets dark the blackout time right before the rapture praise be to God notice this that's what's taking place now darkness separating itself from the light oh my it's breaking day church it's darkness upon the people it's good night to them but to you, it ain't good night. It's good morning. Now, I hope you understand it, that the morning is so close that we can start using the greeting, good morning. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, it is not going to be a good night for the Laodiceans. It's going to be a bad night. I mean, it's going to be bad when the bride is gone. But we need to be able to look and realize this is why we're experiencing such darkness, such oppression, such sickness, such evil, such things that are going on. It's right at that little break, Brother Nathan, whenever the rays off of the sun that had been hitting the moon all night long, and there she was in her brilliant splendor, and she was putting off of the lunar phase, and oh my, you look at her and say, wow, how beautiful, how beautiful beautiful that it is and it maintains that until the sun is going to rise the king the next morning and then it goes into the oh my that scary time of the darkness and it will actually lose that power and the world will look at it and say what in the world is going on but it's actually the rising of the sun glory be to God notice this he said it's good morning to the church Christ is appearing among us Shalom. Peace. Hallelujah. Shalom. Let me read it again. It's good morning to the church. Notice why he says now that we can say it's good morning. Christ is appearing among us. Now notice he ain't pointing just to the rapture and the sweet by and by. But he's pointing to a presence that is already among us doing things. 
And when we see that presence, we can say, good morning. Praise God. Christ is appearing among us. Shalom, peace, hallelujah, shalom. When we see darkness settling, darkness just before the day, we know that the morning star is hanging yonder to introduce the coming sun. And you all, all of you, of course, know that the morning star and the evening star are the same star. You know what that is? Of course, it's Venus. So whenever Venus will appear in the evening, it's the exact same one that will come around in the morning and yet we know it is a forerunner of a dispensational change so what is taking place it is a junction now as the sun begins to set in the evening and the moon will begin to rise and more she's very bleak and pale and weak and then as the sun goes down then the moon becomes brighter and brighter and she's in the fourth stage of her glory and then there we are sometimes my you don't have to have a light out at night you can just walk around I said several years ago in Norway like 12.30 in the morning something like that reading a newspaper sitting outside in the summer reading a newspaper out on a picnic table and here it was you know the, the sun hardly sets there in, in that time of the year but you imagine for years and years we've enjoyed the brilliant light of the church ages and we've seen it wax and wane as the moon does come and go in her brilliance and then go down and enter my in the last days we've had a wonderful revival of moonshine and I ain't talking about the kind you drink neither. I'm talking about the church shining out the glory of God and the sun reflecting back his rays because she has no light on her own. And we've seen so many things, but you know as well as I do, this year has brought a change. And we're not just talking about the world, but my friends, it seems like that Satan has been allowed around the world to attack the bride in a way that we have never seen before. Y'all know that's a truth. It's people you talk to from around the world and things have changed. What has happened? We have come, oh my, to a junction. We've come to a junction and yet omnipotence must declare itself by speaking of the supernatural and it only comes to its greatest manifestation whenever it will arrive at the junction. Hallelujah! I believe that we as the people of God, the best time of our life lays right before us. I'm not just talking about Ben Ten or Tennesseans or Americans or even living here in Laodicea. I'm talking about what lays before us. The great resurrection, hallelujah, of the dead in Christ and the great change of the body. I believe the supernatural power of Almighty God is in our midst this very night. He is here to declare himself. Glory to God. Notice when we see the darkness settling just before day, we know that the morning star is hanging yonder to introduce the coming sun. It's when the morning star shines. Oh my. It's, it's the going between. It's the going between. It's always darkest just a few minutes before day the blackout comes. The blackout comes. The blackout comes. The moon fails to shine. 
the darkest before day is because the light is pressing the darkness. So the sun is about to break over the eastern horizon and it's pressing the darkness. And the darkness don't want to let go. And it's the blackout time. But just be patient. The king's coming. The darkness is separating itself from the light. God's causing it. The light's doing it. See, the light's pressing itself in such a way until the darkness has to congregate together. Don't you understand why folks have to leave this message? Don't you understand why in the last few years that there's been a falling away in our ranks? Don't you understand why? They must gather together. They're proving they were not light in the first place. They are proving their souls were in darkness. And I hate to say it, but many of them have moved into the realm of outer darkness and will never come back. They have crossed the point of no return. They'll never get back. Remember the difference how much they shout, scream, run, quote the Bible. Oh, glory to God, I'll stand before Paul. How surprised you will be when actually you walk before the white throne judgment and you're going to be looking for Peter and Paul and Timothy. It ain't going to be Peter and Paul that you see, but William Marion Branham. God's prophet will walk before you and there you will be judged by God's prophet and the pastors in the message and the evangelists and the teachers in the message that preached you the truth. So they must gather together. The darkness must congeal. And why is it that why they want to leave? Let them leave, but leave us alone. They can't. It's like they're tormented from hell. To torment us. They've got to call our names. They've got to write emails and texts and make all kinds of YouTube videos. Just leave us alone. If you want to go against somebody, go against the Catholic Church. They've killed millions of people. We ain't. Praise the Lord. The Methodists killed all kinds of people. All kinds of these organized folks have killed all kinds of people. If you're studying their history, we, we don't kill nobody. But why can't they we leave us alone? They can't leave us alone. It's the gathering of the darkness. But shine, little bride. Shine. Let me read this and we'll close. You see, the light's pressing itself in such a way until the darkness has to congregate together. They had a chance to accept it. And they wouldn't do it. Isn't this amazing? Now we jump from darkness to people. They had a chance to accept it and they wouldn't do it. So it's condensed itself. Have you noticed in the last few years, some of you men and women around my age, that each year, it seemed like the darkness comes more and more and more. Men are becoming more like women, and women becoming more like men. Lord, what in the world would he say today? And seems like there's no way to stop it. I cross the nation preaching against the thing and come back next year and it's worse than it was when I started. It's them people want to do right. But there's something about it that won't let them do. Listen to this. Won't let them do right. And that's something used to control you. But by a new birth, you've got the do right in you now. They wanted to do right, but they didn't have the do right maker. 
And you wanted to do right, some of you, but you didn't have the do right maker. But now you got the do right maker. Amen. So the do wrong now wants you to do wrong. He said, why can't I get them to do wrong? Because we got the do right maker inside of us. You used to make us wrong. You used to make us lie. You used to make us do all that kind of stuff, but you don't control us no more. Get out. Amen. You don't control us no more, Satan. We're under new management. Let's stand together. Praise be to God. It just presses down on them, forces them. It's like a heavy, dark fog over the whole earth. Not only in Phoenix, but all over the world. There seems to be a groping darkness that's gathering, getting more dense and dense all the time. 1964. Remember, friends, it was so dark, and when Brother Branham looked out in the prophetic timeline, he could not see past 1977. And he predicted it would be the end. Why? He couldn't see no farther. Can you imagine where we are? From 1977 until now, we've been walking in such dense, thick darkness. The prophet couldn't even see it. It was so dark. Why is it that have destroyed you? You're kept by the power of God. You're not reserved to fire. You're reserved to fly. You're reserved to a body change. Well, lots of folks have left. Lots of folks have quit. Lots of folks have this and that and the other. That's not us. We're not lots of folks. We're folks who are kept by the power of God. Amen. Notice getting more dense and dense all the time, just smothering out real manhood and real womanhood. And then this is what happens when you preach against it. And it seems like it's coming more and more into the churches. Then when you raise up and say something against it, then they condemn you for doing it. And notice who's all the time doing the condemning. The folks on the dark side. I wonder sometimes, friends, what the prophet of God actually saw in that world. I may, I may, I may show it to you, but he called out a demon. And he pronounced this name. Optimus. Optimus. And told that Optimus to leave that person. Now I did a Google search. I looked everywhere in the message and only found where he said it one time. Then I did a Merillat, Wikipedia, Google, all kinds of every, every, every place I could search. And I found one place that I found the word Optimus. Now, Brother Branham described this demon, Optimus, as things that was coming out of it, a hold to this person's life. And I found on a website, and it was actually some type of video game something, 
And they had drawn a picture of this creature. And it was red with wing type things coming out of it. And uh, just horrible, horrible looking thing. Now is that what he saw? I don't know. But they call this the head of the powers of darkness. Now this is on these ranger, power ranger fighter things. I'm not even sure what it even is, but just on the website, this word, I found it. So it was the chief prince of demons. Sometimes I wonder as he was preaching, what did he really see? What did he see that he never even said anything about? They thought he was nuts saying what he did say. I'm so glad that we're in a place of protection. Praise God. Let Optimus and all of his fellow demons do whatever they wish to do. But our Lord Jesus has committed us to a better day. Let him roar against us. Let him do everything the Father will allow him to do. But we have this promise. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Who are the called according to his purpose. I could never meet these powers. Nor can you. I don't like dealing with demons. I know a lot of folks think they want to. And most of the ones I've talked to that feel like they want to, I figure they ain't never seen none. And ain't never dealt with none. I've dealt with them for decades of my life. And I ain't standing in line to do it. But I just think how horrible it must have been for the prophet dealing in such a realm. You imagine he'd been in Chicago in a meeting and cast devils out of people. And then he said them demons would follow him to the next campaign. Wouldn't be a better place to find somebody to go into than somebody sitting there with unbelief. Can you imagine they'd follow another campaign instead of going to a bar room? Why? They was associated with religious unbelief. So where's, where's a lot of them folks going to gather at? In a church group. So how many of them went there to get healed, get this and that and the other, and instead they got this demon, that demon, and another demon? Oh, Lord, children, may God help us. Hide me, Lord. Hide me, Lord. Let me read you this. We'll pick it up again. In the junction of time, the great unchanging God who is unchangeable, who performed those things at the junctions of time in the past, How much more will he do now when all hell is set at rage and the end time is here? He's the same. He doesn't fail. Omnipotent meets the miraculous. Angels appear in the end time. The prophets, signposts, point saying this day, angels will appear. Prophets will arise. Signs and wonders. And if God did that for these little junctions back there, what will he do now when all hell is turned loose? All heaven 
will turn loose. Angels appearing, signs and wonders on the earth, the counterfeits arising, God proving which is right and wrong. Amen. So if all hell is breaking loose, then I believe all heaven's going to come down. Praise God. If we're having more sickness and trouble and all these things than we've ever had in our lives, then to me that's only half of the picture. Really it's not even half. It's way, way less than half. Because he's way, way more than half. The one drop of ink compared to the whole tub full of bleach. So whatever Satan's doing, our God is way bigger, way more powerful. If he can just tune some people on the earth to believe in the omnipotence, then omnipotence will express itself through the miraculous. But see, it'll take two omnipotence to make complete divine contact. That is you with a face in omnipotence and him with omnipotent power. Now here he was at the tomb of Lazarus with omnipotent power. But that power needed someone who had faith in it. Amen. Do you believe your brother will rise again? Yeah, Lord. He'll rise again in the resurrection, the last day. I am the resurrection. Do you believe? Yeah, Lord, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you've come into the earth. What was she expressing? Omnipotent face in the omnipotent one. And the prophet said when she said that, two omnipotents met. <laughs> but the Lord, we don't have omnipotent power. But if we can have faith in the omnipotent one, it will actually make contact. I hope you understand it. That he divided omnipotence. And it's like instead of omnipotence having one point of contact, it's like it takes two. An earthly realm and a heavenly realm. So the omnipotent power can be released when people on the earth have faith in the omnipotence. And then their faith channels in the omnipotent one. And when they do, they go, and the switch blows and the devil leaves. Then two omnipotents meet. I don't have to have omnipotent power. I don't have to have power to walk on water. All I need to do is have faith in Him who can walk on water. Praise God. Then me and Him. Glory be to God. Well, I'm just now getting to the good stuff. I wonder if we could come back tomorrow night, this same group. <laughs> oh, my. Don't you love him? Lord Jesus. Lord, there's a lot of bad things going on. Our poor nation's been shook to her knees. Things going on that 
We just never thought would have happened beginning of 2020. Six months ago, a year ago, no way. But look how fast things are coming together. Lord God, this COVID thing and all the politics associated with it. Lord, and all the different things that are happening around the world. Then, Lord, all the saints of God that are so affected. Dear Jesus, we pray for your mercy. Lord God, I pray for your children around the world. Move on our behalf, Father. Glory to God. I don't have to walk on water. I don't have to raise the dead. All I need to do is have faith in Him who can. Hallelujah. I've never healed anybody. Lord God, I've never stopped a heart attack. I've never healed cancer. But I felt my face channeled into a supernatural realm. It's beyond my understanding to be tapped into a heavenly source and knew just as sure as there was a God in heaven that person would be made well. Why? Two omnipotence met. Lord God, you see the needs of your people tonight. Father, those that are streaming, that are sick, those that need a touch in their home, maybe in their job, whatever it is, Lord God, we're joining our faith together right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We call our mighty, omnipotent God on the scene tonight. If you manifested your greatness in these other little small junctions, Lord God, we believe you desire to manifest yourself now. We are living on the verge of one of the greatest junctions man has ever known. That in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, millions, glory to God, will be raised from the dead. And all over the earth, thousands will be changed. Glory to God. Lord, then we believe divine healing and your miraculous power. Every time you heal us now, it's only a down payment of our body change. When you bring healing, you temporary, temporarily bring a little bit of a body change. So why should we ask for healing? Why shouldn't we ask for the miraculous? So omnipotence can speak through the miraculous. Lord Jesus, we have many needs and many requests and many desires. And the truth of it is, we can't meet a one of them. But we can bring our faith and our omnipotent husband. We can be the earthly contact. Glory to God that all it needs to do is get close enough with a magnetic response. And the heavenly and the earthly will plunge toward each other. And when they do, the power switch will kick on. Glory to God. Discs in the back will be healed. Spasms in the muscles will stop. 
diabetes will return to normal. Blood pressure will be healed. Tumors will leave bodies. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. We worship you tonight, God. Oh, God, this is just Wednesday. But apparently, it don't mean no difference to you. The special presence we feel here tonight, you just ain't a Sunday morning, God. You're a Wednesday night God, a Saturday night God, a Thursday morning God. You're an on time God, an all the time God. Oh, shine on us, King Jesus. Shine on us tonight, Lord God. Glory to God. You not only save to the uttermost, you heal to the uttermost. You deliver to the uttermost. Glory to God. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your name. Can we just praise him together, saints? Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Just praise him as you walk right into your miracle. Praise be to God. Oh, glory to God. Speak it as you speak right into your miracle. Oh, glory to God. What if God would want to use your mouth tonight in your words? Oh, Brother Donnie, speak the word. Speak the word to me. That's well and good. God's used me to do that before. But what if God wants to use your mouth to speak your own miracle? Or are we afraid? Too afraid. Oh, we're such a so afraid of failure. Embarrassment, humiliation. But if the pulsation of God hits us right and the anointing of God speaks through us, it's the same as God Himself. It can no more fail than if He was standing here using your body. For it is Him. Praise God. What am I preaching to you about? Getting in the Spirit. Let's not get in the Spirit of Laodicea. My rights, my rights. Oh, I ain't going to church. They're going to make me wear a mask. Oh, I'm going to stay home. You're Laodicean. You're worried about your rights. Oh, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. I'm staying home. I'll tell you one thing. You're Laodicean. You don't love to go to church right. Oh my goodness, if you loved love to go to church right, if you had to wear a bozo suit, you'd come in here with a big red nose and big floppy shoes on, whatever you had to do to come to the house of God. If you don't want to be here in this presence, I tell you, Ichabod's written over your heart. You better repent while there's mercy for you before God cuts you off. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Listen to me. If you let a little face mask hinder you from coming to the house of God, you better check your soul. A little backache, a little headache, a little pain, a little this and that or the other. Friends, it's time to press in. Come to church and sit down with their lips all pooched out because somebody said something to make us mad. We need to press beyond our feelings. We need to press beyond all these things of life. God has a higher call for us. A place we've never been before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. 
We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, Lord. Let's sing a little brother today. Oh, Jesus. May it leave them right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May those that are so weary and so depressed May the anointing of the Holy Ghost go right there to their room right now. May the Spirit of God so fill their living room with divine presence that evil leaves them. Lord God, I speak your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I wish somebody would help me love him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You recognize who's in our city today, the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not music that makes you feel this way. It's not words that make you feel this way. It's the presence of the great King. Hallelujah. Can we sing it, Harry? Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. Hallelujah. You saved me when I was a little boy. You saved me, Lord, when I should have died, when I was there in the hospital and my lungs all full of stuff and I couldn't breathe, God. Lord, some of these, you saved them when they should have died in a car wreck. It was your grace on that little speck of dust. Hallelujah. You'll spare us from COVID, Lord. You'll spare us when Satan turns blood pressure loose on us. When he tries to afflict us with tumors and diseases and cancers, he cannot take us until you're done, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, we worship you, Lord Jesus. Let's worship him. Brother Louis. Morning, I see sunrise every morning it's like a picture that you paint for me 
story but you came down from heaven to restore me you forever saved my life hallelujah nobody loves me like you love me Jesus I stand in all of your 
Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why should I wear? Praise the Lord. Have you enjoyed church tonight? Has the word of the Lord ministered to your heart tonight? How many of you feel encouraged in your spirit tonight? Oh, God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's sing this with Brother Harry as we get ready to leave tonight. Remember the service here, Lord willing, Saturday night. We'll be coming back. And you just be praying. I believe the Lord, Just these services just keep in quality, just keep improving, getting better all the time. I'm so thankful for it, aren't you? I'm glad I'm on the inside looking out. I don't want to be on the outside looking in, but I'm glad I'm on the inside. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Let's hear Brother Harry sing this as we get ready to go tonight. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? Out on the water, the storm's raging high. The waters around them were troubled at night. Oh, yes. Fear filled their hearts. They thought they would die. They failed to remember that the Master was not. He spoke the word. The winds all stood still. Even the waters must obey His will. He called their storm. Oh, yes, He did. Just like He. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He 
that wouldn't leave this presence go and take it with you if you got a battle fight it with, with praise this is how I fight my battle This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles mm, I give you praise This is how I fight my battles 